0: Welcome to the Faith Seeking Freedom podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Your questions about faith and liberty deserve thoughtful answers, and we're dedicated to giving you solid responses so you can live free and flourish. So our next question, this is a quite different topic, is from Dustin. Why is there such a difference between the Libertarian Party and the Mises Institute? Does Rothbardianism make libertarianism look too idealistic and not practical? Seems like a lot of different sects in libertarianism, and it can become more of a utopian philosophy than practical and pragmatic. So, why the difference? Uh, there's, there's some history in there. There's some ideology in there. Norm, you know the, a little bit more about yeah. this than I do. So, I think it's fair to say that there are kind of two camps even within the
1: Libertarian Party, and that somewhat elucidates the difference between the LP and LVMI. So the LP, you might say it could be divided into the pragmatics versus the principled. And I say that loosely. There's principles even within those people who are kind of on the pragmatic side. I don't want to deny that. And there are many good people over there. Maybe a better word would be radical. And that's most illustrated through the fact that there is even a Mises caucus in the Libertarian Party. And there are other caucuses as well. There's even a Christian Libertarian Caucus of the Libertarian Party now, and uh, very good people there. Shout out to them. And so the Mises Caucus and the CL Caucus and whatnot, they take a very radical line that is very much in line with, say, the Mises Institute's, uh, you know, very much a anti-state idea. The pragmatics tend to look at it more at a incremental, that incremental gains in liberty are the way we have to achieve liberty in our lifetime, and you know let let's be let's be frank. There are good things to be said about both sides. So you know I think that that sort of you know kind of illustrates okay there is a difference. Okay, cool. And that goes back really to you know even the founding of the LP itself. Um, Murray Rothbard was in fact instrumental in the founding of the Libertarian Party. Uh, over time, you know there was some souring of that relationship over time, and that's you know that happens to the LP's discredit. There, especially some of the presidential candidates of the last couple of decades there've been some issues with them you know and there're things to like and many things not to like as well so why is there a difference because there are different ways of viewing how we achieve liberty some people believe that getting the incremental approach in place is really the way it needs to work and there are some who are more to an extent I'm going to be more on this side that it's important to just to hold to a radical view of human liberty that the state is inherently bad, that it doesn't do anything well, and that we shouldn't just go for mere incremental changes, but try to go for as much as we possibly can all at once. And I, I, like, I'm like i sympathetic to that, and that's a great goal. To play a little bit of devil's advocate here, there are reasons why we can be accepting of incremental changes, though. And, uh, and that's, you know, I, I think... If, if you guys have been around for a while and you remember our fight in Texas against uh, the TSA, what a great opportunity to have made an incremental change and make a difference right then and there. And we did that, and that you know I, I was part of the spark of that even, and I'm I mean, I'm very proud of that uh, that we were able to make that big of a difference in that short of amount of time, even in that incremental way. So I think there's there's value even in incremental approaches, but we should always keep in sight the greater goal. Uh, and so that's kind of the That's at least my sort of personal view on it. Mm. Um, And that kind of illustrates also why, you know well, (laughs) does libertarianism sometimes look too idealistic and not practical at times? Well, the fact is is that while we have liberty ideals, they are inherently practical. And the way we accomplish that sometimes is incremental. And sometimes we go for big sweeping things. I mean, there's a big difference. Like it was not incremental for William Wilberforce to go on a fight against slavery for 20 years in, in England in the late, 18th and early 19th centuries. That was not incremental, but it took him a long time to do it. And he had to have incremental victories too. So let's admit that there are some good things to be said and let's work together to make those things happen. Now, we should also, of course, note (laughs) that here at LCI, we are a 501c3 nonprofit and we are not endorsing the Libertarian Party in any way here. We are not to do that and we don't. Uh, we don't support candidates and we're not really promoting any party, but we will herald approaches from a variety of different perspectives and areas uh, when they are in line with what we believe are our ideological goals.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said. I think for some people, there's the policy aspect. It's like how do we enact certain policies? And then there's the sort of the online chatter and discussion that you have with people, even though we're not supposed to discuss politics at Thanksgiving, it ends up being talked about anyway. <laughs> And it's like, how do you convince people? Because, you know, if you go one way, you know, one variety or flavor of libertarianism, you're just going to seem too idealistic and not down to earth. And people are like, oh, well, that would never happen. And, and people don't even listen to you. Whereas, you know, if you have a certain approach to things, they might be like, oh, I'd never thought about that policy before. That makes sense. For instance, I'll just give you an example right now. Is like the school choice argument. Like, there's a lot more openness right now to parents getting their money back because schools aren't going to reopen. Okay. This is an opportunity not for us to say, well, we shouldn't have schools anyway. <laughs> we, can, we can make that, but maybe we should get to a better place where parents have more control over what happens to their money and we could get to that other place. I did an interview with Corey DeAngelis and he explains the school choice and he even answers the, you know, how libertarian is that sort of model question. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is in a conversational win people over sort of method you just got to know who you're talking to and who your audience is, and you have to know who you who you are in terms of like how you like to discuss things, and so you know you kind of need to know both. You know, I've I've told people I'm like, look, if the way I'm arguing for liberty doesn't appeal to you, there are a ton of different people who argue for liberty in ways that I think are much more attractive, and they will start to win you over. Sounds good.
1: Up that, I, I think your question does make sense, though. You know, Dustin, that there are for lack of better words there are different factions if you will within libertarianism and sometimes just trying to understand even the the fact that we do have factions it's not a downer on us in fact it should be encouraging that we're trying to have vigorous debates within our you know our lines of ideology yeah. to see what is the best we need to have that let's just be respectful of one another and and you know and we'll get there we'll get there someday
0: yeah this podcast was inspired by our popular book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is available on Kindle, softcover, and audiobook at faithseekingfreedom.com. Want your questions answered on our podcast? Email us at podcast at And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach more Christians with the message of liberty.